This episode is brought to you by Insecure on HBO. Creator Issa Rae stars as Issa D, who struggles to navigate the tricky professional and personal terrain of Los Angeles, along with her best friend Molly, played by Yvonne Orji. Critics hail the fourth season a stellar return and as funny as ever. Insecure is Emmy eligible for Outstanding Comedy Series and all other categories. Netflix Grace and Frankie has a lot of California soul and style. And here with us today to talk about the production design is two-time Emmy nominee, Deborah Herbert. The first question I want to ask you is, with the, before we talk about your new designs for this season... In terms of the sets that are already there, such as um, such as Soul and Robert's abode, and and also uh, Grace and Frankie's beach house, do you ever make props aside? Do you ever make any changes to that from season to season? For example, will there be a will there be a paint like a paint job in the back? That maybe wasn't like, maybe it's gray in the back now in the beach house instead of a blue. Does that ever happen? Yes, it's interesting. Um, it does happen. Uh, not exactly in the way that you're describing, but I always like to think that the set mirrors the emotional life of the actors. So as the actors go through their story arc, the set has to go through its story arc too. So for example, at the beginning of almost every season, just for the last three seasons or so, the decorator, Christopher Carlson and I are like do our walkthrough and we go, wow, gosh, there's a lot of wear and tear on the edge of that sofa. Is it starting to look dated? I mean, we designed these sets. Most of the permanent sets were designed almost seven years ago. And so style is starting to change a little bit. So we always go with a pitch at the beginning of the season, we make certain changes and adjustments during prep and we always go in with a pitch of updating and Marta always says no like besides small things here and there that you wouldn't you know your house is not a time capsule but she doesn't want to update the house because it like the ladies it needs to show its wear and tear what so about, I, and then in fact yeah. we've gone in the opposite direction I think it was either I think it was season four when the bathtub fell through the ceiling and there was a leak in the house. And then in this season, Grace moves in with Nick, her new husband. And then when we cut back to Frankie, the house is kind of falling apart. It's messy, there's food everywhere. So that's supposed to mirror her emotional state. She's falling apart, she's lost her best friend. So everything is really going to hell. And in fact, they have to hire someone to come and help her try to get her life and the house in order. So that's, that's one example of how this, the permanent sets do change over time and throughout during the season to mirror what's happening with the inner lives of the characters. One of, you, one of your big designs for this season is Nick's house, the interior. And I think the way I'm going to go into this 
this question is, you know, um, as I watch the show, um, it's so rich in its Southern California accent. It reminds me of the best things that we see in the woodsy neighborhoods of Los Angeles and right, you know, in the hills and, and beneath. For example, uh, there, like I was noticing, um, Solon Roberts' patio in the in the Mexican accent, and it reminded me of um, this 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 antique this La Antica Pizzeria on McCadden Place. Oh wow! In the patio, and in that patio is significantly bigger. But my where I'm going with this is, are you ever like going around with you know to friends' houses and things, and you're just quietly getting inspiration from what's around Always. you? Always. And In tell fact, me, it's tell like me impossible about. to drive around. Now I've been with the show, this, the one, you know, we're in the middle of, uh, or we're in the middle of until we got shut down and hopefully soon again, we'll be in the middle of season seven, seven years. I've never been with any project in my life that long besides my marriage. <laughs> but so whenever I'm driving around, it's impossible not to be thinking about the show. It's funny, actually our art director this season, um, I don't want to, I can't give you a spoiler, but we have a big set coming up in season seven and our art director was going to get COVID-19 tested about two weeks ago. And he saw something that really applies to season seven and something we're designing that has nothing to do with the coronavirus. And he emailed me in the middle of his coronavirus test, like, oh my God, look at this. This is, would be great. And I love that he did that and that he is thinking along the same lines that I am, that we're both always seeing things in the, in the real world that belong to the show. And that, you know, authenticity in the sets it is a huge part it, in my mind of the success of a set and a show. You want people to feel that it's really, really real so they can really, really relate to it, just like the situations that the characters are going through. And they're gorgeous and they're comfortable. I mean, you want to live you want to live where they're living. It's not, there's nothing stodgy about it in any way, shape or form. Oh, you, you. you want to, you want to sit on that couch. Well, that's really interesting that you say that <laughs> as it pertains to Nick's because we had to really do a balancing act between. And I want to sit on Nick's couch despite the fact that Grace didn't. Exactly. Yeah. She, Grace needed to be profoundly uncomfortable in this penthouse and yet it embodies Nick's character and he's a very likable, sexy, warm, masculine guy. So how do we do that? How do we create an appealing, sophisticated environment that Grace is incredibly uncomfortable in all the time? That was the big challenge on Nick's apartment, which was really fun. Well, um, tell me about all the gorgeous things that went into this from the unique stairs, which are almost like these floating stairs. Um, there's the wine rack, the elaborate wine rack. There's, there's wooden slots. He has a specific taste in modern art that is very different from the, the statues and pieces that we see in Solon Roberts place. Um, was it, tell me about that. To me, it feels like a very comfortable place. But is it, is it, was it, 
was there a focus on we got to make a bachelor pad here or was it was it also another place where you were felt you know meant to feel cozy well first of all thank you for noticing the wine rack and the slatted wall which we called the fin wall and all those things that's really awesome of you to pay that much attention it was really interesting because this is the first set that we built on the show which it's i would call a semi-permanent set the beach house Robert and Saul's house, Brianna's office, those are all true permanent sets of permanent characters. Nick, who is Grace's love interest and now husband, we don't know how permanent he is. And then we didn't, we built this set as, because as a designer, I don't know where exactly the story is going at the beginning of the season. I have certain inklings, not knowing whether he's going to be a permanent character or a temporary character. So it did differ from the other sets in that way because there are big problems in Grace's relationship with Nick. So it was, that was almost, I would say, the very, one of much more important, that's not right, but it was extremely important to show through the set the problems in Nick and Grace's apartment, which is really Nick's penthouse that Grace moves into. So... That's why the couch is so, I mean, the couch was written as being so low and so oddly long and modern and low that Grace literally cannot stand up from it once she sits down. So we had the couch made. It was rather expensive. We went through like lots of different iterations of color and style. And then in fact, um, to confess, we had it made. We decided on a length and a style and a height and Jane tried it out. Like we made a little model for Jane to sit down on, make sure it was the right height. And then once it was in production and I was still working on the model of the architecture of the house, that was done. We taped out the ground plan of the penthouse. And then I made cardboard cutouts of all the furniture and put it in there to make sure scale wise. And I realized like, the couch was so long that the camera was going to have trouble moving around the set. So I went, oh my God, like I'm, we went too far and I had to like run back and ask Christopher, our decorator to have them like lop off a piece of the couch, which they did. But of course that changed all the upholstery because once you, it long story, every piece of furniture in that apartment, most of them went through a lot of, thought and discussion and design because again, unlike the other sets, there aren't very many pieces of furniture in that place. It's a very sparsely furnished place because we wanted it to feel so different from the other sets on the show. So like you said, Robert and Saul's is really warm. It's got a lot of history and layers and the beach house as well is bright and airy, but very layered. Nick's is modern and sophisticated and yes, warm because he's a warm guy, you know, when you come down to it, but really, really different from our permanent sets and our permanent characters. Um, The other thing I noticed, and this is mostly Brianna's office, like in the beach house and Solon Roberts. And it's interesting because you bring this, uh, you you brought this up about Nick's uh, place in terms of what's inside. In those other places, Brianna, Reverend Souls, uh, the beach house, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in the back. Mm-hmm. And 
it's interesting because props say a lot about characters, but it's very, very deeply layered. Like Brianna's office, I know, has went down to, I think, two types of sodas, mm-hmm. like the LaCroix sodas in a, different, in a different type, plus numerous pieces of artwork. Tell me about that. Is there, is there, is there a limit to what, how, how, how much you can put in your background? Like what, what's, what's the rule of thumb in production design? Because everything looks fluid. The interesting thing is everything looks fluid without distracting, without distracting you. It, it, it's mm-hmm. everything complements the characters. Thank at you. Well, I don't know if there's a rule of thumb in production, but I, as a designer, I sort of have two rules of thumb, which I was thinking about in Nick's apartment. One, I want the set to be shootable and have richness and layer and depth and variation before we start to put furniture in it. That's how I design the set. The furniture is incredibly important, but I want you to be able to turn the camera wherever you need to and it still look great, which is has been really helpful in Grace and Frankie because a number of the sets over the seasons have gotten emptied out and, and we're shooting in them empty. It happened uh, with the beach house and it is going to happen in the future too. So that's one thing. Um, and the other thing is the way I think about it is I want you to know or at least get a feel for who the character is by walking into the set before you meet the character. It reminds me of all these years of location scouting I'll walk into a house of, of someone's house who I don't know to determine whether or not we want to shoot there. And you're immediately get such a strong sense of who lives there. You can tell if someone is old, you can tell if someone is single, you can tell what kind of taste they have, how much money they have. I mean, I'm sure you know this too. You go into someone's house, you learn so much about them. I want the set to read the same way. And with Nick, a real hallmark of his character, which gets brought up all the time, is his fabulous wealth. So we didn't have enough money to, you know, we don't didn't have millions upon millions of dollars, which the character really would have to furnish that apartment. So we wanted to really showcase each piece is a, is showcased so you really see it. So the trio of lamps that hang in front of the marble wall are overscaled, just like the sofa is. And they were rather expensive in real life, but there's nothing else on that, in that whole view, if you're looking at that wall. And then, so that was one big bit of thinking. It's just highlighting each thing. Similarly, you know, he's masculine, he's modern. We kept the penthouse very modern, a lot of clean lines, not very much pattern. The only pattern that was there was very subtle, like the herringbone in the brown floor. So we wanted to keep it masculine and clean lines and modern, but then we brought in that roundly undulating chandelier in the dining room, which is totally feminine because he's sexy. You know, he, like you said, he's, we, we, need that, we need that energy too, and we need it to stand out, if that makes sense. Um, I wanted to say something else about the materials, but I don't know if I'm going on too long. No, 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 no. Continue. I, I was getting, I had a materials question, so go on. Well, yeah. you had pointed to some of the materials and you had pointed to some of the materials and we did decide to go with a lot of natural materials, not a lot of plastic, not a lot of things 
which are inauthentic or manufactured because Nick is an authentic guy and Grace is in love with him. And so one of my favorite parts of the job is finding new materials. And I found two things that I had never worked with before in the, and that we used in that penthouse, which were really exciting because after 20 years, you figure you work with a lot of stuff. The marble wall, which is 20 feet high, is actually marble veneer. So this is a new product that I found that's never been used in the film industry before. And it's actually marble, but it's only a quarter of an inch thick. Wow. It's pretty incredible stuff. Still so heavy that our construction coordinator had a big conversation with me about if I really wanted to use that because 20 feet high of real marble, even that thin is something very unusual to use in a set. But I felt really strongly about having the real thing on camera. We could have painted it. We have fabulous painters. But when you're dealing with something that big, it really felt like it needed to be the real material. Mark Ruffalo's acting continually floors me. Ever since I saw him 20 years ago in You Can Count On Me, everything he's in, whether it's Foxcatcher, Spotlight, or the HBO Emmy-winning movie, The Normal Heart. This guy always has so many dramatic sides. So David, get this, he's starring in the new HBO limited series, I Know This Much Is True. It's based on the Wally Lamb New York Times bestseller. And Ruffalo plays twins, Dominic and Thomas Birdsey. Dominic is struggling to take care of Thomas as he discovers the truth about his own family history. I know this much is true. Is Emmy eligible for all related categories? Tell me about that philosophy um, as far as, and I know this, this, you know, as far as set designs, this, and this, this is like, I remember like reading stories about James Cameron's Titanic and everything that was down to the detail as far as like, the cutlery and the plates and, and, and things that may, what is, what is the philosophy when it comes to using the real stuff? Like I meet, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you used, you got the tile for Robert and soul's mm -hmm. place from Nicaragua. Yes. And that's then correct. the other thing I noticed about Robert and soul's place. Oh my God. They have a gorgeous stove. They have this brass knob, old kind of throwback old stove. That's an $18,000 stove. Wow. Which we got promoed. And so that it's a lot of legwork to get that promo. We never thought we would like, there are always from when I'm doing a really important set, I, there are always three or four or five things that we try to get promoed. And that stove doesn't, you can't read the label on it anywhere. So I would, you know, people are like, Deborah, don't waste your time trying to get that stove promoed. No one's going to know what kind of stove it is. In fact, I can't, I'm sorry to say, I can't remember the brand name of it right now. It's not a common one, but we, the manufacturers of that stove felt that their product was unique enough looking. It is. That people would really see it and it would, and, and I think we were, I think they were allowed to say as seen on Grace and Frankie on their website, which really helped their sales. So it's a, I think all designers, especially over time have certain idiosyncrasies and mine is using the real thing almost no matter what the project is I to be honest with you and I tell art directors I tell decorators about 
this penchant of mine. And I, it's like that old philosophy about cooking that like the love with which you cook is you can taste it in the final product. I think you can really see and sense that the material is real. Back in the old days, before we had HD, sometimes someone would say to me like, you know, you're never going to see it. You're never going to see it. You're never going to see it. And I sometimes also tell people who work with me, please don't ever say that to me. Because I don't, maybe the camera won't see it. A, it will now because we're shooting in HD. But B, the actors are going to see it. And the actors are going to touch it. And I think we're building the sets also for the actors, especially these important semi-permanent or permanent sets. The actors are in there interacting with it. And they always appreciate it when you give them something super real, super authentic that has got a lot of detail in it. I'm going to make a hard segue now to the Rise Up Toilet. Okay. Now, tell me about how it came to be that you would design this. And also, what has been the response? Has there, have you, did you design something that needs to be patented or is already patented? Or you're seeking a patent on? Well, you have to ask Marta about that. Um, Our fabulous showrunner, Marta Kaufman, it's her genius brainchild, but almost as soon as like when we got a certain way through the design I started thinking along those same lines like oh my god this is an amazing product that people need because our initial at the beginning of the season when we knew we were doing this what we knew is we wanted it to be something that doesn't exist in the world today which is something that helps you people of a certain age hydraulically lift off of the toilet and also looks good Because in real life, they have toilet lifts and they look like a piece of hospital equipment and you want to shoot yourself if you think you have to use one. So that was the mandate is to make something beautiful. And I spent, along with the the whole team, we spent, we did sketches and talked a lot and we spent a lot of time trying to make a beautiful thing with, with the mechanism like the real ones that's visible and it was so hard. It looks mechanical because it is mechanical. And then at some point, we made the decision to hide the mechanism inside the toilet. And it, that was like, oh, my God, that's the, that's the thing that no one's ever done before. And on the one hand, it's like, well, why would you're not going to be able to tell that it's this amazing toilet on screen because it's just going to look like a re- regular toilet until it until it's action happens um but that wound up being the key design element and it as happens with so many great designs it happens in a team and everybody's talking and i'm trying to remember like at what point during the process we made the decision to put the mechanics inside and i can't but that that toilet someone's going to manufacture it and we've been talking about we talked about that throughout the season and we talked about don't know what the patent process is, but they probably, I'm hoping that somebody at Grace and Frankie or Skydance has patented it. We want, you know, before, before it aired. In fact, when we got on, what was so cool is when we pitched it on Shark Tank with the real hosts, 
they actually made those comments like, oh my God, that's really amazing. Like somebody should do this project. That was, so that was the best compliment I could have, one of the best compliments I've had. It, did you research Japan? It's been known to make, uh, you know, a, a number, you know, a number of advanced uh, toilets that, you know, um, comfort, comfort wise that, you know, haven't, really we're not known for here in the United States. Did you research like Japanese toilets or mm -hmm. anything like that? Well, we kind of figured that this product must be out there. It's such a good idea. I mean, this is actually in the seven seasons, the third amazing idea that comes from the writing room of Grace and Frankie and the mind of Marta Kaufman. First one was the yam lube, which is a fictional lube for older women, which Gwyneth Paltrow round up writing about in, in her, on her, what's her website called again? Gwyneth Paltrow's. She has that. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Anyway, Gwyneth Paltrow round up writing an article about the yam lube. And then a season or two later, we did the menage a moi vibrator that won't hurt your hands if you have arthritis or other issues. And now the toilet. So it's become a running theme um, and oh, so yeah, research. We did a ton of research, and as far as I know, as of the time that we built it and filmed it, no one has ever made a toilet with a hydraulic lift that you can't see the mechanics of. So, what we wound up doing is we found a toilet that looked really sleek and beautiful that felt like anyone would want that in their home. We went to a real toilet manufacturer and said, hey, we'd like to use your this design. The toilet design is pre-existing. The actual porcelain toilet came from an existing company. We made a mold of it. And then we came up with the idea of putting the mechanics inside and we hired a special effects coordinator to to to, to solve that puzzle of how you do it. It's not that easy. You know, and so a special and, effects guy built the mechanics. The, yeah, the he built the mechanics and we did tons of testing, like what wow. kind of weight will it carry? What angle does it have to go at? You know, how fast should it come up? Is it multiple speeds? So there was a whole product design element, which I discovered I really love making this toilet. How many, how many prototypes were built? Was it, they, they talk about two on the show, but was that really, did you make a series of them? We made two. The first one, and it's funny because they're so opposite design-wise, which was so cool. The first one was this wonky, wacky brainchild of Frankie, which was made, the, we decided it was going to be made of only found objects, like stuff she scavenged. So it's like an old period pink toilet with pieces of wood and a fan on the top, you know, to keep you cool while you're in, in an old, I can't remember, was it a fishing rod or something that we pulled to, to make it flush? So that was really colorful and wacky. And the, the shock value of that was like, what? And then the second iteration was, uh, was the, beautiful, final, rise up, sleek, modern thing everyone wants in their house. And that really, we spent the most time designing the mechanism that you never see. We spent months designing the inner workings of the toilet. And, but it's, we, finding the toilet was relatively easy. 
we saw one, we liked it. Marta liked it. The company said yes. And then we went to work turning it into the Rise Up. Before we go, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about generally your process. Uh, for example, and let's go back to Nick's place for a second. When you have a new design, how far in advance, how much time do you have? Do you only have two weeks? Do you have a month in which to conceive and turn around a set? Um, and who are you reporting to? Or is it a team thing? Is it, the, is it Marta? Is it the writers? Is it the director weighing in? Because you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, when that couch came in, you had to cut off a portion and you knew that the day of the shoot, you found that out the day of the shoot. No, we found, no, that was before the shoot. Okay. That wouldn't have been yeah. possible. But yeah. it, I found it out the first time I did my own sort of, my own test of the set, which is I cut out pieces of cardboard and I put them in the set and I walked through the set and imagined using it with the team, with the whole art, you know, with three or four other people from the art department, decorator, art director. That's when I discovered, oh shit, the couch is too long. So we were able to solve that problem. Yeah before the day of the shoot. No one ever knew that we did that. Well, until now. <laughs> but going back, going back, how does, it, how does it come about? Are you in the writer's room listening or do they hammer out their final script or do they, they, or they have something in mind? Like they come to you and they're like, listen, this season we're, we're going into next path. We, yeah, well, two things happen. Usually the first thing that happens at the beginning of before the season starts before we're even in prep is I'm lucky enough. I'll usually get a heads up that looks like we're not, you know, this is what the big set this season is going to be Nick's penthouse. And then I am able to start thinking about it between seasons, which is great because that doesn't always happen. Um, and then how much time we have really depends on the show. Um, in this case, I really like to take a lot of time to design and put it in as much thought and detail as possible into it. And we already had a very set, a short set prep time for season six. And we found out rather late that we were doing Nick's penthouse. So um, the writers were kind enough that we actually rearranged, we rearranged, I think we re rearranged the shooting order. I believe we shot two episodes in reverse in order to give us an extra week of design time and build time, which is a huge amount in the world of television and film. One extra week was, was great. So um, I will get an outline usually and read the outline and then come up. And sometimes I'll have a preliminary conversation if I can uh, with Marta to pick her brain a little bit um, and see like what direction she's thinking. Like I remember with Robert and Saul's house, uh, I went quite far down the path of a mid-century modern house in the woods before I realized that Marta already had in mind a Spanish style house. So <laughs> it worked out fine. But so in this case, um, this case with Nick's apartment was a very lucky. I pulled together a bunch of images. I showed them to Marta. I usually show just Marta first um, and then the rest of the writers. And she said, yep, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And we just went from there. It was one of the smoother design processes 
in, in this, for Nick's apartment. And how big is your team? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, and, and it, do you have, do you have someone who does design? Do you have another person that is, pro, you know, it is, is placement? Yeah. I mean, we have, we are lucky. I think, you know, Netflix and Skydance are very supportive uh, more than any other television show I've worked on. I've been given enough time, enough budget to do what we need to do. And the writers are also incredibly flexible. So Nick's apartment, he's fabulously wealthy. We spent quite a bit of money on it. And we knew we were doing that up front. We made a budget. And we actually wound up limiting, limiting ourselves more for the rest of the season and knew that we would have to do that in order to really pay the big bucks for that penthouse. Um, on other shows, they might ask you to spread the money out all the way along the season, and then you can't really do something that's as much of a wow factor as that penthouse has, in my opinion. Um, I forgot what I was saying to you. Oh, the team. Okay, so um, I have sort of a right hand and a left hand that I like to think about creatively. There, there are sort of three of us who I think, you know, together work on the design of the set. Um, it's me, it's the art director, and um, it's the set decorator. Um, and then there's the prop master who handles all the props. And each of those people has their entire department below them. So I am, the buck stops with me design-wise. But um, yes, we have the art, we have a set designers working who are drafting. We have art department coordinator who's handling all the product placement and an art department PA who's helping with the research. And we have a greens person who's helping design the greenery for the show. That's full-time position and managing the play. I mean, people are sometimes surprised. And I remember being very surprised when I got to a certain budget of show that like, Oh no, 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 I'm not to hang the drapes myself or nor is the decorator. We have a draper to do that. So we have someone that handles drapery. We have someone that handles greens. Um, and under the set decorator has shoppers who shop for him. And then a lead man who organizes how the sets are going to get dressed. And then the set dressers who actually go and pick up all the furniture and dress the sets. Then we have an entire construction department. And the construction department gets bigger and smaller depending on how busy we are. We have a paint department. I think I'm mentioning all the departments. I, I would say on Grace and Frankie, uh, I don't know. We probably have 20 to 30 people in the art department at any given time, I think. The, um, the, uh, the other thing, and I know you can't say that much about, respectfully so, about uh, next season, season seven, but as we've been sheltered uh, during this COVID, uh, during the coronavirus, have things occurred where you've changed course? Like maybe a design you had in mind or a couple of designs you had in mind for a couple of sets for next season, you've totally torn it up and it's 180 degrees different. Mm -hmm. So this season, once again, we had one major new build um, because of something that happens in the story, which I won't tell you what it is. Um, so we actually had just finished building that set and shooting on it for the very first time when we shut down, which I think was March 12th or 13th. And so we have 
been talking amongst ourselves and exchanging some ideas about what are we going to do because of coronavirus. To be honest, I, I don't think that the design of the new set is going to change, but probably, and I, it's not really my decision. I can only tell you my thoughts, but I think there will be things that will have to change simply because we are out of room. So Grace and Frankie, we already had no more room. We had to tear down an existing set just to build the new set. And we have so many sets chock-a-block crammed up against one another that there isn't really room for social distancing and as it is now. So we have been talking about ways to restructure some of the permanent sets so that it won't compromise the look of the show, but to create more room for the crew. Absolutely. So you might have to widen or expand what is already a, a built set. It's actually, I think it is going to probably be the reverse in a way. We don't have room on the stages to do that. We're, we're built pretty much right Got up it. to the fire lines. So it's more like we're going to have to take something away, like an exterior feature or a whole set. We're going to have to take something away to make room for the crew to expand around it. Wow. Wow. But it's doable. I mean, that's the, what's amazing about filmmaking and design is that we have very, you know, we have hard and fast parameters. We're going to shoot on this day. And now we have these new, we have these new guidelines and we have to do it. And I think probably last year at this time, I would just, Oh no, there's no way we can do that. And now it's like, Oh yeah, well, it's a life and death issue. We, we can do it and we are going to do it happily. Do you think, does your job become more challenging or no? Absolutely. I, the, I think the biggest challenge in my job is going to be time. I was having a conversation with our set decorator, Christopher Carlson, just last week um, about how before you just, if we could dress the entire set, we would show Marta certain elements, but not every detail. And if she came on set and said, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy about that table. We go, hey guys, she's not crazy about the table. We're going to run out to the prop house. We'll be back with a new table within about 90 minutes. We have that capacity on our show, which is amazing. Gives us so much flexibility. Now you're going to have to make an appointment at the prop house and you're going to have to wait for whoever's in the prop house to take over. Like it, is now what was a half hour process in and out is now going to be an hours long process. Cleaning the sets in between departments using them. I mean, if you start thinking about it, it is daunting. It's doable and daunting, but yeah, we're going to, I think time is the biggest challenge. Deborah Herbert. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure on crew call. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so Anthony. Much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro, and our podcast series has been produced by David Janov. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.